podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, techniques, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe, leave a review. All that stuff helps us out a lot. What's up, George? How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so I'm excited to be in town. New York was pretty fun for Christmas and everything. Uh, it was good team practice last night. and Good to get in the swing of things in the actual gym and be under your eye for a little while. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, so you just got out of... Uh just got out of the army, spent a, uh, a couple weeks up in New York City, and uh, you're training hard now. Yeah, started picking up with two days, so I'm feeling pretty good, excited about two days. I feel like I'm moving a lot better too, a little bit more consistent with technique. Yeah, that's the big thing about two days. It's crazy how much uh, how much of a difference that can make. Just like the frequency of snatching more often can really help you dial in that. Uh, Dialing the technique because if you think of like other skills, you know they, um, I don't know. Let's use uh, what's something that somebody that everybody does, you know, driving. You, you know, I, have you ever gone like a week without driving? Yeah, you don't really lose that. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'm the only one. Uh, <laughs> what I'm uh, so like I uh, we go out to a competition and uh, maybe we're gone for a couple of days and I don't drive at all and then I get in the car and it, uh, you know, I, I don't feel unsafe or anything but it feels different. It's just like, oh, all right, I'm not used to driving because I haven't driven in like a week or something and uh, it's always a little bit of an odd feeling to me. Um, maybe So driving's not a good one. Uh, maybe I'm just dangerous. Uh, well, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm pretty used to that because you know the army will go train for a couple weeks at a time and then come back and the first thing we want to do is go eat, so we'll just hop in the car and go straight to a restaurant or something. Yeah, the driving just comes back naturally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're thinking about the food, you know, you're not thinking about driving. All right, what else do we got? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I guess riding a bike comes back quick. You know, I'm not coming up with any good examples, so uh, maybe this whole uh, discussion means nothing. Uh, but what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, if you don't practice something every day, sometimes you get a little bit rusty at it or doesn't get quite as refined. Uh, maybe driving doesn't need to be as refined as something like, uh, uh, you know what, let's, let's take it to like, uh, let's take it to a video game. Let's go into like Tetris. So you're playing Tetris and you're getting really good at Tetris and then you take a break and then like, when's the last time you played Tetris? Oh man, probably like um, probably like ten years ago. All right, so ten years ago, you were probably pretty good at Tetris, or you were at whatever level you were at. And then if you picked it up right now, do you think you'd be at the same level? Not even close. I probably wouldn't even know how to work the buttons anymore. Yeah, so it's, you just gotta. I know that's exactly it. You just gotta practice those movements with those buttons, that hand-eye coordination, and then you just need more frequency. And then Tetris is something crazy. Like the people that are those world champion Tetris players, or. Uh, you know they're they're getting up to you know level 100 i think that's all there is is level 100 and then the speed stops it doesn't get any faster uh but they're practicing every day you know they they don't uh, they don't take a day break you know they, they're staying on top of their game they're they're keeping it fresh um that's what two a days does is it keeps it fresh it gets that little bit of extra you know you still probably get up you know maybe 75 80 percent of where you were at in your Tetris skills, but uh, if you want to get back up to that 105%, that's where those two-a-days, that frequency of snatching and clean and jerking kind of come into play. 
and you know sometimes just that extra amount of volume from the two days is also the little spike that you need to just get stronger too yeah i was gonna say what i've come to notice is that in the morning session i'll be a little like if i'm having any like inconsistencies that day they normally show in the morning and then by the time i come in in the evening time it's as if everything's been worked out and all the kinks are lined and i'm just firing so that's pretty neat yeah because it's a. Uh... It's just like you've got you've already warmed up your nervous system for the day. You've rehearsed it, and then uh, and you're getting back at it. Yes, yeah, so the uh, the two days is uh, is pretty crazy. How much uh, how much better you can get um, in weightlifting? Because that's uh, that's really when I made a lot of my big gains real quick. You know, that's the that's the other thing. We're kind of getting off into this tangent of two days. You know, you're getting you're getting more practice with snatches and clean and jerks, and you're getting uh, you're getting more volume of just work because you are going to get a you're not going to get a huge like squat gain from doing snatches, but the amount of volume is going to add up a little bit. So that volume will make a difference in your overall training volume and increase your work capacity and. You know, slowly but surely, you have an increased work capacity. You could handle more, you know, more heavy singles, and then like the more heavy singles and triples and all that stuff is really what's going to make you strong. So it uh, it's kind of got like a um, oh like a waterfall effect that's going to kind of help out with the strength as well. But the uh, man, I had a point that I was going to with this. Yeah, I was going to say for our listeners. Um, don't start out right away with two days. Mm, that was it. Yeah, because it's it sounds fun. It sounds very intriguing. Like I wanted to do two days for a very long time, and um, Coach James, he made me wait for it. He made me earn it. So I've been training for a little while now, and I've got my capacity built up. I became pretty consistent with technique. He's helped me correct a lot of my errors, and now I'm physically ready and mentally ready for the two days. So don't rush into the two days because then it could ultimately probably set you back in the long run because you'll be a little too tired to focus on the technical gains that you'll need at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. And that uh, that was exactly what I was getting at with that point. And I, uh, before I got, got brain fog, but uh, yeah, so you want to be physically prepared to handle two days. Um, so even if you're not, like you're, you're new to weightlifting, you've only been weightlifting for like a year, and then you're like, boom, I'm doing two days. And, uh, and then you get into it. You will probably get better really quick but there is such a thing as getting too good too quick and whenever you get too good too quick you are um, leaving yourself open for injury and you know if you're just not ready to handle snatching whatever weight it is if your body's just not ready for it you know eventually that's going to lead to an injury and the trick in weightlifting is longevity is being able to do snatches and clean jerks for a long time so that you uh, give yourself a chance to get strong enough because it just takes a long time to get strong and so take your time let your body get physically prepared to handle you know being that strong because then being able to handle the volume and the frequency and all that stuff is one thing but then you know just being able your body being able to handle being that strong uh, just take it slow and uh, always progress yeah, I like that saying that you always tell me. Why do more if you can do less and still make progress? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good one. That was what Glenn always said, which is uh, kind of funny because 
the first day I worked with Glenn, he put us in two days. Um, but <laughs> uh, that was one of his big points was like, why be a, uh, you know, why be advanced when you're a beginner? Like being a beginner was good because, you know, you can make gains with less work and uh, with less stress on the body. So would you rather have, so what, what's your snatch right now, George? Uh, my best snatch right now is 122. Okay. So would you have rather uh, gotten to snatch 122 the way that you have with no injuries and at this time frame, or I guess the other way would be six months earlier, but with injuries, you know? Yeah, no, I I definitely like how you made me wait because um, sometimes a good athlete needs someone that's going to be able to mentor them and hold them back some because a good athlete wants to always work harder. So the harder you work, the sooner you work harder, it could lead to injury from overtraining because you're just going to constantly want to go hard and your body may, be, may not be ready like you were suggesting earlier. So I definitely value the fact that you made me wait it. Like, well, you made me wait to start the two days. And I feel like that's going to contribute to my long-term success too because, like you said, I haven't had any injuries. I've never really, really tweaked anything, honestly. Just sometimes maybe like a little tendonitis in the, tendonitis in the knees or something like that, but nothing too serious and feeling good. Yeah, but you were also in the uh, you were also in the army, and you had to do all of your your army PT as well, which you know that's a whole topic there. That's a lot of work. That's almost like two a days, but uh, not specific to weightlifting. But uh, yeah, so now I think you're at that point. It'll be fun to kind of watch and see how you uh, how you progress and how you adapt to two a days. Because there was a few guys that I trained with at Muscle Driver who uh, were doing two a days that. It was um, they. It was it was apparent that they were not ready to handle two days, because um, yeah, when we uh, we had a few people that were like we had one guy that just uh, he just flew out and he bought a one way ticket, and he was he was pretty much a beginner, and he uh, was not prepared to be able to do that much volume in weightlifting he just wasn't uh, he didn't build up he didn't have you know a mu enough training uh, volume so then he would you know come in and try to train with us and do the same workouts nine times a week and uh, you know he had a lot of drive and a lot of push and he went hard but he just body was not ready for it and so it led uh, it led to you know actually small things like um you know tendonitis and things like that and honestly if you're pushing yourself and you're doing two days your hands are going to hurt your knees are going to hurt it's not a pleasant thing you know it's the difference between you know the discomfort and an injury and you have to be able to find that balance but the biggest thing for this guy was uh was frustration and not progressing and that's what killed him because it was like uh he was so frustrated and so angry that even the sessions that he would have done well with he was just too frustrated and too driven down in the ground and uh then he started having mistrust in his coaches and you know and then that started this whole thing where like the team environment kind of you know it would affect the team environment because then it was just like oh man this dude's just having a terrible day and it's kind of annoying to it's you know it kind of brings the whole training environment down you know now that you're on that topic um that's what i really like about the training when I switched over to your team and you became my coach 
the um, intensity wasn't as high all the time. So I could do the army stuff in the morning and then by the time I got to the gym at night, yeah, I'd be a little bit tired from the army stuff, but the intensity levels and the volume were just right to where I could still make lifts. And then the made lifts turned into confidence. And then once I became confident, you know, you slowly start to peak it and get the intensity a little higher. And um, there really was no frustration because like some of the, I worked with a couple other teams or a couple other coaches with programming and stuff before I came to your team. And the intensity was just way too high for me at that time. And I was having uh, missed lifts and I was getting frustrated as well. So I could definitely see what you're saying and how that could carry over. So building that consistency first with like moderate intensities or having that phase every so often allow you to reset is very really important for confidence and just overall motivation boost. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, it's hard to do sometimes because sometimes you just want to go heavy. And it's like, oh, you got to hold yourself back. You know, that uh, there is a lot of value in that. Uh, just getting the time in, doing those high rep stuff. Um, maybe I shouldn't say high rep stuff, high set stuff. You know, we don't, we don't go crazy with these reps. Um, although I did give somebody recently sets of five. Um, I've given one person, I gave him, uh, I gave him hang snatch sets of 10. Um, yeah, and that uh, there's only one person that I've ever thought that needed that. Everyone else that I've ever worked with, I don't think they've ever needed them to do high reps. But yeah, for the most part, just getting the volume in. You know, that eighty percent is that it's that sweet spot. That's where you get all your progress at. And you know, you, you know, you got to go heavy. Um, but if you could be super consistent at eighty percent, you know, that's you're gonna get really good. Yeah, not only that, but. The, uh, we put a big focus on like accessory work too and I feel like that translates a lot better than just um, going straight I guess it wouldn't necessarily be Bulgarian style but a lot of the other teams I were on before didn't really focus on the accessories as far as like shoulder shoulder prehab like you know knee on elbow rotations and then uh, the single leg squat as much so I feel like those definitely carried over too to help set me up for two days. So make sure you're getting your good accessories in and strengthening all the little muscles and stabilizers as well. That way you're you're physically prepared and not just doing snatches and squats and push presses all the time. Um, probably set you up for failure in the long run, truthfully, if you don't get those little muscles strong too. Yeah, yep, unless you are God's gift to weightlifting, you need to do accessories. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's different how different uh, different people go about it. And you know what I've been doing? I've actually kind of been experimenting on myself. So I did uh, I did the podcast with the glue guy, uh, Brett Contreras, and you know I never really did hip thrust in my training, and I actually kind of messing around with them now. And um, well, so I got this X-ray. Uh, we'll do the we'll do the whole story. I got this X-ray uh, from a chiropractor, and you know I you know that got a pretty straight lower spine and a little thing with my neck and my mid back and no, nothing serious but then the big thing is is that uh, I've got a lot of lordosis and then the disc um, my L5S1 disc is pretty much just flat you know there's nothing there uh, well it's there's there's the disc there but it's a uh, it's a lot flatter than all of the other ones and uh, so now I'm kind of messing around with uh, you know I don't have any back pain you know nothing more than the normal um, but now I'm messing around with all of these uh, other assistance exercises to not load my spine and just kind of see the difference. Because um, there's some wild things that you can do. Like, you know, you can, uh, 
you can uh, release your psoas and make yourself taller. And, uh, you know, I actually used to be taller. I used to be 5'9", and uh, now I'm 5'8". So, I mean, maybe that's where those, those discompressions just over years and years of training um, have really pushed down. So now I'm kind of messing around, and I'm thinking more and more I'd like to try out some more, you know, exercises that are, uh, like, non, uh, like not spinal compression, and maybe so the hip thrust, and we'll see how that does with, you know, transferring over to squats, hip thrusts, split squats, and um, belt squats is what I really want to kind of dial in on, dial in on, and kind of see how that kind of assistance work is going to transfer over to uh, snatch and clean and jerk when I get back around to snatch and clean and jerking. But yeah, so the assistance work can really take you a long way. I think you definitely need your base in you know the big lifts you know squats and deadlifts you're not really going to get strong unless you get strong at those but somebody who's already been strong you know like uh like andrew um on our team he um he was pretty strong and uh then we went he, he did have back pain and then we focused a majority of his training on split squats and going heavy on split squats and then he cleaned and jerked 180 i don't think he jerked i think he cleaned 185 after that and he squatted it up strong, and he did that on a like a, a two and a half or three month phase of not really doing back squats. He was just doing split squats to work his quads. And since he was already had his base of being strong, he got strong again. Um, or he, he got strong enough to hit a PR clean with excess leg strength just from split squats. Um, so I think the whole point of that thing is that there is a lot more benefit to this assistance work that you're talking about than I think uh, most people realize. Yeah, I could agree with that for sure. Um, especially with my back squat PR because we did the uh, that single leg squat training cycle where we put a big focus on like Bulgarian split squats, uh, Peloton step ups, and you know just a lot of single leg work and targeting the, the quad and the hamstring by itself and the glutes too and then we went in the squats over and after squats over I felt well I'll backtrack real quick I feel like that single leg squat cycle that we ran set me up perfectly for squats over because the volume of squats over wasn't overbearing and it truthfully never felt like it was too overwhelming or too heavy it allowed me to get good progress and good recovery and then by the time we were done with squats over I was able to add what 10 kilos to my back squat yeah, that's pretty solid. All the way up to that 500 pound. Yeah, it's a 10 kilo PR. Hit the 500 pound, you know, benchmark. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that gets you gets a new stimulus, kind of sets you up well for growth, kind of even things out. Um, yeah, I would agree. So, at a at a house of weightlifting, it's the uh, it's our gym here and. South Carolina, we uh, we had our kind of setup where we do, um, you know, we're actually at House of Weightlifting right now. We are in an industrial park, and so you guys can probably hear those forklifts outside and the beeping. You know, they're um, they're picking up, you know, steel bars and moving around and all that stuff. Um, and so we're here at the gym, and something that we kind of do here is. For the longest time, I just had coaching hours, so I'd say, "Hey, come on in. Let's go. Uh, let's go train. It's coaching hours from this time to this time, 
and just come in when you can come in and then uh, and train. And you know the main goal is to be sustainable training. Uh, and then there's also a 24-hour gym. So when coaching hours are done, I had to leave, and you still had to finish your, you know, your push presses or something, or your elbow on the rotator cuff. Uh, you could just kind of finish in the mat on your own. And, uh, you know, that worked really well. And it works really well for um, 20, probably like the, the age group of, you know, um, 21 to 30, I would say. Uh, maybe maybe even 25 to 30, a little bit over 30. Uh, because, you know, those type of people tend to already have like a, a career and other obligations. Um, so for them to be able to sustainably train, they needed a little bit more flexibility with their, uh, with their training times. So maybe you could say like just prioritization. Um, weightlifting wasn't up high priority for them as, you know, career, which is completely understandable. So for them to still be able to train hard and everything, it works out really well to have that much flexibility with, uh, with their training. And I, that system worked really well. So something that I've been, uh, that I've been noticing with it, though, is it, uh, I don't think it works as well for more of the youth lifters. Uh, so what we're doing is we're kind of, uh, we're kind of moving the, uh, the terminology around a little bit. So we're giving a little bit more structure, you know, the youth athletes, uh, or the, you know, even, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to say sports minded individuals, cause that's not the right word. Maybe, maybe the people that have prioritized, uh, weightlifting need something a little bit different. And as a youth, you can prioritize things a little bit more because you have less overall responsibilities. There's a little bit more structure in your day. So you can prioritize even if you're not, uh, well, yeah, you can prioritize weightlifting. So for the people who are prioritizing weightlifting, we, uh, to kind of cater to them, what we did was we actually just switched the term of coaching hours over to, uh, over to team training. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem like a big difference. You know, there's not, there's not really a big difference. The the twenty-something-year-olds still come in when they can come in, um, and they still have that flexibility to come in and train. Um, but I think the word team training just has a little bit more weight to it, and that's kind of what we're going there. And we're kind of getting into that uh, that topic. And as the older I get, the more I realize, you know, how much words. The wording of things, how much that matters, you know, the importance of how you describe something, you know, even if you have like the same, you know, the same intent, the way that you say it can make a big difference, you know, something even as simple as uh, coaching hours versus team training. What are, what are your thoughts, George, on the just hearing the difference between those two? Yeah, I think team training has a better sound to it because it gives you more of a family feel. It gives you a feel of community. So when you come in, you're like, hey, I got to be there for team training so that I can train with my teammates. And then it could also help. I feel like it's going to help with the consistency, like you were saying. And then not only that, but it'll probably breed a little bit more competition amongst each other because no, no one wants to be the weaker or the slower guy on the team. So I feel like it's going to bring everyone closer in the long run. 
yeah, that competition is a uh, is a good uh, good trait to have, you know, going uh, going head to head, not wanting to lose. Uh, it's it's so much fun. I enjoy competition. Yeah, because when you hear coaching hours, you think, all right, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna train with coach. You may forget that you're there to train with the team too. Mm. So then when you switch that word to team training, it's like, all right, we're gonna go train with the team and coach is gonna be there because you know it's team training. So he's always gonna be a team training. So you don't have to really worry about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. That uh, it prioritizes the competitiveness and a little bit more of that self accountability. Mm. So those are the big changes here at House Weightlifting. We, uh, we didn't really change anything. We just switched some words around, and we are uh, going to see what kind of changes switching words around makes. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the fun thing about running a team. And uh, kind of just do little things, little switches here and there. You know, it's not all just, you know, training programs and techniques. Um, you know, as a, as a coach, it, uh, you get to kind of play around with other things, too. And you might, uh, you know, I've been surprised quite a few times on the different things that make a difference for uh, for some athlete. Where you know another athlete, it might not make a difference. They might not care at all. But for some, it's just like a slight difference in this thing makes all of the uh, all of the difference for their training, um, which you know makes it fun. You know that's what uh, that's what weightlifting's about. That's what uh, that's what coaching's about. Is you know. Uh, helping your uh, athletes get better. And you know, sometimes it's a, a surprising way that uh, that comes about. So, we are, uh, we're coming up, things coming up else, other things coming up at House Weightlifting. That was nice and choppy for you. Uh, so we got a meet coming up at House Weightlifting on uh, February 12th. It's called House Weightlifting Open. Um, I told my wife about it after I got it sanctioned, and uh, she was disappointed that I wasn't going to make it uh, Valentine's Day themed. Um, so I should have like called it some Valentine's Day Open or you know something like that. But I didn't. I made it super boring. I called it House of Weightlifting Open. Well, you know what? Maybe the winner can get some nice chocolates or something. Mm. Yeah, I guess we're not uh, we're not totally uh, in the doghouse yet. I guess we can uh, we can incorporate that a little bit still. You know, just touch on it more of a more of a gentle touch for uh, the Valentine's Day themed meet, um, the house weightlifting open. Uh, but it's just going to be a pretty uh, a pretty relaxed meet. Um, you know, the entry fee is pretty cheap. You just come in, you. You know, you get your total in, you get uh, you get it sanctioned, and uh, you get some competition experience, and uh, and you have some fun. And we, uh, I'm getting our youth team. You know, we've got our we've got our youth team, and then we've got our like super young youth team. And this is the first competition for our super young youth team. So that means we got like the six year old, the uh, the eight year old, and the eleven year old uh, are going to be competing. Uh, you know, I keep calling my daughter six years old. She's not. She's seven now. It's wild. I keep saying six over and over again. But uh, I need to get used to it. You know, she's, she's growing up. And she's going to have her first weightlifting meet. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, so we got Coach Seth coaching all the kids and uh, getting them ready for the competition. 
know, they're they're mostly just doing the technique, and you know, this is uh, you know they're they're doing the full snatch and they're learning the technique to pull the bar from the floor. And most of our kids' classes is just about like tricking them into you know learning the right movements and uh, being able to do the technique and just getting generally physically prepared. Um, and then we just touch on weightlifting and. You know, now they're kind of learning the rules of the sport. You know, now they're they're getting into it, and it seems kind of cool because uh, you know it uh, it makes them excited about weightlifting. Um, all right, then we're gonna pause this and see if we're still recording. It looks like we are. Uh, my screensaver came on, and I don't know if we. Uh, Miss the recording, so when we listen back, we'll kind of find that out. Um, yeah, the competition is gonna be fun. You know, it's it's good that you're getting the youth involved too now, because that way by the time they're if they decide to pick up the sport when they're a little older and they get a little bit more serious with it, competition won't be as much of a mental barrier. Because when you're a little bit older and you start with competition, there could be a little bit more anxiety. You know, not used to lifting in front of people or in front of crowds or judges or anything like that and then starting young you just, it just becomes second nature so it's gonna be pretty cool to see that how they develop overall in the long run yeah you know what I've heard that before I've heard uh, I've heard elite athletes talk about things that they've done when they were youth and after they retired and you know how they didn't have any like fear to just do something um, and I don't remember what it was it was like uh, you know, there was no, uh, you know, there was no fear of self-preservation because they were so young and they just went out there and did it. So they didn't have to battle, you know, some of those things. Like, you know, jumping under a snatch can be, uh, can be scary. It can be like a, like a self-preservation. And then when you're jumping underneath a snatch in front of a crowd and judges, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of nerves that some people have to get over, especially being a beginner in the sport. But uh, sometimes kids just don't have that. Yeah, I was gonna say like I've noticed through just observing like my nieces and my nephews. They're they're younger, you know. They're they're teenagers now, and then my my nephew's still he's still younger, so he's not a teenager yet. Still considered a kid, I guess. But the main thing was them playing sports put them in a stressful situations, but it wasn't like stressful in a way where it's harmful to them. It was stressful in a way to where they can develop some type of resistance or or resistance to the stress and learn how to adapt and overcome. So now. When they get in unfamiliar situations, they're a little bit more calm and relaxed about it. It's not overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, their ability to adapt. Yeah, and that's one of the you know that's one of the solid things about sport um, that teaches things like that that are hard to uh, hard to learn from other things. And you know, I always kind of took those things for granted growing up, and just like, oh, this is just what you do. And now that I'm again, now that I'm older, I realize that oh, I learned a lot of that through sport or you know these other things you know it's not only through sport but you know that's uh you know that's one of the big ones yeah i'd say the controlled environment so sports a controlled environment most mm -hmm. of the time so it's the stressors are pretty controlled and you can adjust them or like if it becomes overbearing or overwhelming you know you can adjust and pull it back and set that limit to where it doesn't succeed their limit of tolerance i guess you could say this is where tolerance for it yeah yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. So it's like, um, you know, a, a controlled environment to put you through stress, um, to put
put uh, enough stress on you that you adapt, but not so much stress that you uh, that you crumble. Yeah, that's well said. That's that was what I was trying to get out. It yeah. came out a little weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it came across well, so that was good. Um, yeah, I think that's the good thing about these. It's uh, a good thing about having like a a podcast with two people. So I'm sometimes I'm in here just talking to myself, and I'm just like, I right, nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about. They're just gonna. You know, you don't know if your point comes across, but then sometimes you just get in here and you just talk back and forth and you get to, you get the conversation going, you say it two different ways. So maybe half the people would understand what I'm saying and the other half understands what you're saying. But, uh, so that's what's coming up at House of Weight, the thing we've got that, uh, that meet coming up. And then after that, uh, I believe our next thing that we're going to do is have, uh, have a few people going out there to the Arnold for the American Open Series 1 in March. Yeah, are you, you planning on doing that one, George? Uh, I think I'm going to use that time to train a little bit more so I can get ready for Nationals in June. Mm, that's right. Nationals is what, the last week of June, beginning of July, something like that? Yep, in Vegas. Yeah, but for everyone else, the American Open would be awesome. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. And then there's nothing like getting that competition bug. When you're training for competition, training has a lot, a lot higher meaning, and you're willing to push it a little bit harder if you're training throughout there. So I'm excited to see what goes on. Yeah, yeah. It uh, you know it, it makes training fun, so you got that something to train for, and the Arnold should be neat too because it's uh, it's out there in Columbus, and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff going on. At least one time in your life, you should uh, make a trip out there to um, the Arnold. Yeah, that's the only thing that's kind of like in the back of my mind is because I've never been to the Arnold. And they have like the bodybuilding going on, and they have mm-hmm. powerlifting going on. They even have strongman. I'm pretty sure now that goes on as well. Yeah, I think strongman's like center stage too. Like that's one of the biggest uh, competitions for strongman. Um, and they do it in that big convention center too. So they've got them. Uh, they've got them center stage. So there's. Um, they've got their. Uh, oh, what do they? What do they call it? It's, where they've got all like, the little booths set up, and it's pretty much this giant building with all of the booths. Expo. They up the expo, uh, and they you know people just giving out supplements or you know trying to sell you on this, giving you free stuff. You know you do this many pull-ups, you get a shirt, um, and then on the stage there they have you know the bodybuilders doing their stuff because they're kind of center stage because that's what the Arnold Classic is focused around is bodybuilding. And then they also have one of the main shows is the strongman competition on that center stage. And uh, one year they even had weightlifting. They put all of the people that were kind of like trying to make a team. I forget which team it was. Maybe it was like they were trying to make the world championship team. And um, they put them on the stage. But they ended up like putting them out there at like 9 a.m., which kind of sucks for, uh, you know, all the people trying to make – Pan Ams, you know, the best in the United States have to train at 9 a.m., which is, or they have to compete at 9 a.m., which is not ideal, especially for the heavyweight people. Yeah, and then having to weigh in two hours before then. And yeah. That's real early. Yeah. But you know, that's what's cool. That's what's cool about the Arnold is you get to meet other, other people from other sports and get to kind of, you know, collaborate with them and see what their training looks like and maybe learn something new that can incorporate the weightlifting training or just meet some people that you think are that's pretty strong because you know we all value someone that's strong in the street sport so getting to meet some of the strong men that set up some crazy records or even some of the bodybuilders just getting to see how big they are is it's pretty cool to see in person yeah that's what i would say is it's mostly you just seen all of these different people 
I, uh, you know, maybe if I was more, um, what's the, uh, what's the word? Maybe if I was more, uh, I'm not, not social, but just, uh, <laughs> uh, if I had more of like a networking type thing, I would get to talk to more people. Uh, but the biggest thing for me was just seeing all of those people together at one time. Cause you know, there's a difference between, you know, like seeing a bodybuilder on TV and then like seeing him in person and being like, okay, you know, that's the difference, you know, that this is a large individual, um, or seeing the strong man, seeing them lift that much weight, um, seeing the blood coming out of their nose after they're deadlifting, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, they, they go hard. Uh, it's also the largest sporting festival in the United States. So they have everything. Like, they've got like ballroom dancing, wrestling, jujitsu, judo, fencing. Um, what else they got? A jump rope, you know, <laughs> it's, it's wild. They got everything. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a chance to, to, to get some networking in with some, uh, some different people. Uh, and then wait, the thing's getting bigger and bigger at the Arnold. It used to be kind of a small, a small ordeal. It was, uh, it was really good weightlifting because it was almost like an international competition. But the, uh, but now it's more, more people, but it's more like all the other competitions, the American Open Series and all that stuff, where they've got like four platforms and, you know, people competing just like the other ones. Yeah, it's interesting to see how much the sport has grown since, like, I guess when you were first coming into the sport. It's gotten pretty big since you first got into the sport, I would say, huh? Yeah, so when I first uh, I first competed at Nationals in 2011, and it was at the Arnold Classic. And uh, it was, uh, no, 2012 was the Arnold Classic. I don't know, one of those. Yeah, 2012 was the Arnold Classic, and that was the first Nationals that I went to. And... Uh, they also had the Olympic trials there and it was still like, you know, one platform in like one of the smaller rooms of, you know, one of the smaller event rooms and, you know, the back warm-up rooms were packed tight together. There wasn't a whole lot of room and it really was more like a very well done local meet compared to what they are now with these national meets with those back backdrops and the computers and the system because uh, now they have the actual like 10 foot by 10 foot warm up platforms back in the day they were just a couple pieces of plywood thrown together just like they would be at a local meet um, but that was for nationals and uh, you know that it was still fun though it was fun yeah I was going to say it looks like there's a little bit more depth to across the board like as far as athletes goes so it's breeding, it's breeding a lot more co competitiveness across the board in every weight class I feel like too yeah, definitely. I mean, you can even see that with, you know, for a while there was like only uh, a handful of females totaling over 200 kilos. And now there's like a handful of females totaling over 200 in the like 49 kilo weight class, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's some pretty light women out there that are strong. <laughs> yeah. And then you're seeing it too, like... Um, in the middle weight classes and the men, like in your weight class, 300 kilos is a common total now. Um, it used to be 300 was like, you know, that was, a, that was a big deal. You know, there wasn't very many people doing over 300. What's really impressive is the, the youth. There's even some strong like youth athletes out there now that are getting close. Like some of the younger females are getting closer to that 200 total and they're still youth, maybe juniors. Mm -hmm. They're not even seniors yet. 
So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool to see, um, and uh, a few of us will be heading out there to the Arnold, and maybe we'll see some of these uh, these people out there totaling 200 and 300 kilos. But uh, that is uh, that is all we got for you today. Um, that's kind of what's going on at House of Weightlifting. We're doing uh, we're doing team training, so if you want to uh, come in and see what the team training is all about, just uh, just hit me up and uh, we'll set you up to come on and uh, come train. Um, if you're looking for some coaching, we've uh, we've got a few coaches. We got George; he's taking on remote clients right now, uh, and then we are taking on clients as well, uh, just house weightlifting in general. And uh, so, if you need some help with some weightlifting, let us know. And uh, thanks for listening. Hey, coach! Thanks for having me. Yeah, so. We got awesome coaches here. Check us out. Uh, we got weightlifting. We got some nutrition too. And then don't forget about the youth. Try and get a bigger emphasis on youth as well. So bring your kids by if you want to come train. You know, it could be almost like daycare. You just drop your kid off for a little bit or stay if you want, and then come back and get them. Yeah, learn. Uh, have them learn the basics of weightlifting. So when they go in, you know, you're going to go into high school weightlifting rooms, and they'll know what they're doing, um, and they'll be stronger. So you know, that's always uh, that's always an added benefit. It's always an added benefit to being strong. Um, nice. So ch- check us out. Uh, Instagram is House of Weightlifting or me individually at James Tatum USA on Instagram. And George, you are? Uh, George81KG on Instagram or uh, House of Weightlifting. You can find me there as well. Good stuff. All right. Take it easy.